good to see everybody here this morning. I'm, I'm going to use this so I can kind of be a little mobile here, be able to see everybody. If you would, go ahead and open up your, uh, your Bibles uh, to Psalm 1. Uh, Psalm 1. I am uh, so thankful for the opportunity to be able to come and, and uh, work with the congregation here and be able to preach for you. And I, I'm just so thankful that uh, elders have allowed me to come and that the congregation here has been so receptive. And I, just, I just thank you for that. Um, I wanted to make mention of something. Uh, you'll see my wife, she'll get up and she'll leave with our, our little ones. Uh, it's not because we're having marital difficulties, um, unless you call those kids, and then yes, we are. Um, no, she, she just is getting up and, and disciplining and trying to keep it to where everybody here can hear what I'm saying instead of hearing someone yell about Thomas the Train. Uh, so that that's what she's doing, and I appreciate her. She... Uh, she, as well as, I'm sure, uh, the rest of you mothers in here, are the reason why children turn out well. When they don't, don't turn, out, turn out well, you just blame it on Dad, because that's usually the problem. You know, we, can't, we cannot nurture like women can. And so, uh, you know, I, whenever, whenever children fall down, you know, and men are around, it's kind of like, yeah, get up, you're not bleeding too bad. And women, they get over there, oh, just come here, and they cuddle the children, and you know, they remember that. You know, I remember growing up and thinking, man, my dad's kind of cruel, you know. And now I'm the one doing that. Ah, it's not that bad, you know. So uh, I appreciate appreciate my wife and all the work that she does. And, and uh, we, we want to be a good part of this congregation. We want to be able to fellowship with everybody. Uh, you'll, you'll have to excuse us if at times we have to stop mid-conversation and try to find a child. <laughs> Um, because sometimes, you know, we've got one who's just full of energy, and he likes to go everywhere, so we'll, we have to keep tabs on him, and so uh, I just want to make mention of that, and, and, and just, just to extend what I said in the beginning, I'm just thankful that, that we're able to be here with you, and I hope that we, we can work well together, and I hope that, um, that we'll be able to study, study God's Word well together, and that, that we'll be able to teach each other. You know, I understand uh, that I, I'm young, um, and so I, I know I've got a lot of things to learn. Uh, hopefully I can bring out things from the Scripture that maybe you hadn't thought about, uh, and that you can apply that to your life. Uh, I know that a big part of any preacher's job is to remind, and that's what I figure that I'm going to do, is I'm going to remind you, brethren, of the things uh, that, that are in the Scriptures. I, I want to say that that at any point in time, if... If you think that um, uh, I have said anything wrong, that you please come and talk to me, uh, because it's not about it's not about me. I, I don't, you know, have have an ego in this. I just want to preach what's right. I want to teach the truth. And so, uh, if you can help me out with that, uh, I really would appreciate that. And so, if at any point in time you think I've said something wrong, please please come and talk to me. Now, uh, I will have to say, yeah, please bring scripture as well. Um, it doesn't it doesn't do me any good for you to come and, and tell me something and not backing it up with scripture. Uh, so we need to we need to communicate, and uh, I think that is just a wonderful thing. You can teach me, and, and hopefully I can uh, remind that you of some great biblical truths. Now, if you would, let's look at Psalm one. Let's look at Psalm one together, 
And it says, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the wicked, nor standeth the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of, scro- uh, of the scoffers. But his delight is in the law of Jehovah, and on his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the streams of water that bringeth forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also doth not wither. And whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. The wicked are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind driveth away. Therefore the wicked shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For Jehovah knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked shall perish. Let's look at this verse by verse, thought by thought this morning. First verse. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the wicked. You know, that, that first word is an important word. Blessed. What does it mean to be blessed? Now, I've heard, I've heard people say, well, you know, this means to be happy. And yes, it does mean to be happy, but it means much more than that. It means to, uh, to, to be exceedingly happy. And, and I've heard someone even translate this verse and, and say it this way in more modern terms and says, you know, how awesome is the happiness of this man? Blessed is the man. And you know, you know what it means to be blessed. You know, deep down you know, because if you have lived any time in this life, you have come across an idea, and especially being a Christian, you are so happy about something, and you, whether in these exact terms or not, have expressed the thought of, I am so blessed. I am blessed. Now, how are we blessed? We can be blessed in, in, in many ways. But number one is this, is that we are blessed by the Word of God. We are absolutely blessed by the Word of God. You know, we will continually mention these things, but you think about John 8 and verse 32. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. The Word of God is truth. It is absolute truth, and we need to follow it. We are blessed by the Word of God. That is the best blessing that we can have in this life. We are blessed. So blessed is the man. Now, this is going to be a defining point for this. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. Walketh not. That is an action word. We've mentioned this scripture here recently. And that is that this is an action word noting that something is happening. A blessed man is not going to do this. He is not going to walk, take part in the counsel of the wicked, counsel of the ungodly. Now, it's very interesting. If you think about uh, today's societies, uh, one, one of the biggest things today is uh, for children growing up is this. They get out of high school and almost by obligation, what is almost every person supposed to do? Not that this should be so. It doesn't have to be this way. But what do people in America think that you have to do after you graduate high school? Well, you know what? You need to go to college. I'll tell you right now, not everybody needs to go to college. That's not a necessity. That's not my point. People do go to college. People go to college all the time. Now, I went to college. 
You know, there are people that teach in these colleges. They have doctorates. They are very intelligent people. And in some universities, you'll go and you'll sit at the feet of men and women that will tell you this thing. They'll say that God absolutely, 100%, does not exist. A blessed man is not going to walk in the counsel of the wicked. Now, brethren, I want to make a a simple application of this. If you're at work and you've got a problem at work, and you go over and you're talking to somebody and you're asking for advice. You need to be careful with what advice you're going to be given. You know, I've, I've had people, literally, I've had people that I've had a problem with and I've gone over to someone else and I've said, what, what do you think I should do? And in all truthfulness, no joking, said, well, I think you ought to go over and just pop them right in the mouth. Now, brethren, as tempting as that might be at times, what is that? That is walking in the counsel of the wicked. Do you think that God will want you to just go over and pop someone in the mouth? No. No, that's not what God would want us to do. God has told us quite the opposite, to be peaceable uh, among all men. As much as it depends on us, we are to be peaceable. So blessed is the man that does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor standeth in the way of sinners. Now the word standeth is a word in, uh, in, in the Hebrew that means to live, to abide. Do not live in the way that sinners live. That's, that's an important statement, right? You know, how many times have you heard of someone who wanted to become a Christian? They become a Christian, but then they want to live just like they had been living. They don't understand something, do they? They don't understand such passages as Luke 13.3. And I tell you, nay, but unless you repent, you shall all likewise perish. We are to repent of sins. That's part of the plan of salvation. To become a Christian, you have to repent. You have to turn. And, and, and what, is, what does repentance mean? It's, it's a change of mind that results in a change of action. So when, when we become a Christian, should we live like we had been living? No. No, by and large, no. Maybe we were doing some things right, but probably not most things even. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands uh, in the way of sinners. And then the third one here, look at this. Nor sitteth in the seat of scoffers. You know, this word just kind kind of cracks me up a little bit in the Hebrew the word scoffer literally means to make mouths at. To make mouths at. Now, why is that important? You know, I know you've seen this. Have you ever seen uh, a child 
you know, going around and, and they, they'll uh, be taunting someone else and they'll make all sorts of crazy faces at, at the other one. You know, taunting them with some other sort of verbiage after that. They're, they're going to make all these different faces. That, that is really what's going on here. You know, and, and you've seen, you've seen uh, people doing that. Y'all know you have. You, know, you have adults that do that. You know, whenever someone's talking and someone will stand behind them and, you know, that's the same thing. Right? Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the wicked, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of scoffers. Now, now, what this word really means is a person who makes fun of other people. Now, does that mean that this word is saying don't have fun? Is that what we're seeing here? You know, I think, I think we can have good fun with each other. And I think that we can be sarcastic with each other. And I think we can pick on each other a little bit. Understanding. That everybody understands that we're joking and that we do not take that too far. But what this is, is this is something different. Now, I'll give you an example. One time, I was in Podunk, Louisiana. I have no idea where I was. I can't remember. But I was in Louisiana and I was asked to preach while I was in preaching school. I, it, was a, it was a long way and I had a good friend and I thought, why don't you just come with me? And so we went uh, down to, to this place in Louisiana, and they had uh, a uh, Holiday Inn 30 minutes away from where, where I was to preach, and so that's where they put us up. They put us in this Holiday Inn, and I, I appreciated that. It was, it was good, but they didn't have anything nearby enough that you know, we could stay close, and so I didn't know if there was going to be a town. I didn't know if there's going to be a restaurant. I didn't know if the brethren were going to do anything for us, so you yeah, had no idea, and so... Me and my friend, we decided that that morning we'd make sure that we were good and we'd get up and we'd go to breakfast. And we thought we'd have a good breakfast. So we went to McDonald's and had an okay breakfast. And then, you know, we, we decided to go on. Well, when we go into McDonald's, there are these two guys. And they're, they're obviously having a good time. And uh, I, I guess I've got this thing about me that I, I hear things when I'm really not supposed to hear them. And me and my friend are standing up in line, we're dressed in suits, you know, and the first thing that they say as soon as we come in is, you know, look at the suits. And I was like, oh, whatever, you know, I'm wearing a suit, you know, I feel like it looks good, you know, no big deal, who cares? I don't care that someone's pointing that out. Well, then they started using other types of flowery language about us. They started talking about uh, the possibility of our homosexuality. Uh, started naming off all sorts of things and telling telling all sorts of horrible things about what kind of people we were because of course they knew us very well, you know. And so they they're saying all these things. Then they start using vulgar language to describe us, and I'm sitting there thinking, man, you know, should I say something to them? Because you know, it's just one of those things you just want to say something. And I thought, no, nah, I just leave it alone. And then. Then uh, one of these guys gets a phone call. And he answers, and of course I'm here on one side of this. And he says, oh yeah, yeah, oh. 
Yeah, we're, we're over at McDonald's. Yeah, we'll be there. We'll see you at church. And I thought, man, I hope you're going the same place I'm going. <laughs> but, you know, here are these two young men having nothing to do but to make fun of somebody else. They didn't know us. Didn't know anything about us. But I didn't stop them. They just blatantly disregarded any thoughts. And they decided that they would make fun of people. Brethren, blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the wicked, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scoffers. Now, brethren, I want to point this out before we move on. And that's this. Sometimes I've heard, and I haven't heard this here, and I'm glad because I'm, I'm about to say it. So, But I've heard in places where people have made jokes about denominations. And they've made jokes about people going to hell. But those people are sitting in the seat of scoffers. Brethren, heaven and hell are real issues. They are important. And they are not to be taken lightly. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scoffers. But his delight is in the law of Jehovah, and on his law doth he meditate day and night. What is it? What is that? His delight? Where was his delight? Was his, was his delight in Xbox, young guys? Huh? Was that? No? No video games? Books? Where is it? Just any book? No? Movies? Is that where his delight was? No? Where was his delight? In the law of the Lord. Nothing else. And on that law, what did he do? He meditated day and night. Now, brethren, I have heard of people, and I know that you have too. There might even be someone like this here, and I, I, I beg you to not be like this. But you know that there are people who the only time, when the only time that they get the Scriptures will be... Sunday mornings for Bible class. Sunday morning for worship. Sunday evening for worship. And Wednesday evening for Bible class. That's all they get. Now, some people go, well, that's, that's pretty good, right? Let me ask you this. How often do you eat? How often do you eat? Let's, just, let's, just, let's not talk preparation. Let's just talk eating. You eat, what, a couple times a day at least, three for people who are able to, you know. You know, I hear people say, you know, you need to eat six small meals a day. I don't know anybody who does that, but maybe that's what you do. 
The thing about that is, though, is how often do we eat? We're going to eat every day if we can, right? If we've got food, we're going to eat. You know, it might not be what we want, but we're going to do it, right? That's, that's just plain and simple. We are going to eat. Now, when we hunger and thirst after righteousness, what are we going to want? We're going to want the Word of God. So, how often should we do that? The answer, how often do you eat? You going to do that every day? Take some time every day. Take, you know what, or are you going to consume a meal, you know? How long is it? 15, 20 minutes? You know, take an hour worth of study every day and you're going you're gonna to do wonders. You know, at, at least 15, 20 minutes. Try to figure something out. The point is this. Although there is no definitive real answer to that, the point is, if we're going to sustain ourselves physically, daily, what about spiritually? We need to do that daily as well. Sustain ourselves spiritually daily. An interesting point from verse 2 is this. <clears throat> I don't want anybody to get me wrong, I'm, 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 so I'm going to be very clear on this. Did anybody have to tell him, this blessed man, to study the Word of God? No. Because it was his delight. He got joy out of it. And he meditated on that law. He did it when he woke up. He did it when he went to bed. And he I'm sure he did it all the time in between. That's what this phrase means. It's all the time. He meditated on the Word of God. Now what about us? When are we going to meditate on the Word of God? Are we going to do it daily? Are we going to do it all the time? Are we going to let the Word of God rule our lives? Well, we absolutely should. I want to, I want to say this. Wait, wait. This morning in Bible class, we asked if who had done their daily Bible reading. That is good. That's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is that this man loved God so much that he was going to get into the Word of God no matter what. I think things like we saw in Bible class where I think those are good things. I think that's kind of a positive peer pressure, keeping you, uh, keeping you going, encouragement, if you will. I think those are good things. But aside from that, continue to study even if we don't ask for a show of hands. Get into the Word of God daily. <clears throat> well, I think about uh, this passage, I think about uh, Psalm 119 and verse 11. Uh, Psalm 119 one, one of my favorite psalms, but it says, says this in verse 11. It says, you know, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Do you want to be more righteous? Then put this word, put the word of God in your heart. You put the word of God in your heart and your life is going to change. It's going to be so different than it was before. Because whenever you are thinking about being tempted to be angry, maybe you start thinking about passages about anger. You know, I found it that it is a little more difficult to sin when you think about God 
Now, I'm not saying it's impossible. I'm thinking people can do that anyway. But, you know, if you are tempted with something and you put in your mind what the Word of God says, then you have a better chance of being righteous. Verse 3. And he shall be like a tree planted by the streams of water that bringeth forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also doth not wither. And whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Now, <clears throat> when I was looking at, at this, <clears throat> excuse me, when I was looking at this passage before, I was, I was trying to figure out, <clears throat> what does this word by mean? Does it mean next to? Or does it mean that the mode of its planting was by the water? You know, the, the water did it. And after a little bit of study, you, you've come to find out pretty easily that it's this, that it's right next to the water. It is right there. It is right next to the water. And it is taken care of because it's right next to the water. Now, I've been blessed to be able to go to preaching school and to, to go to, to college for Bible. And I'm, I'm just very thankful for that. One of my favorite classes, I, I, I was very much dreading it before I went in. And it was Bible geography. And I just thought, oh, man, I just, this is going to be horrible. You know, and, and if you've ever if you've ever taken a geography class, you know exactly what I mean. You're thinking, oh no, not another one of those. And we got into the Bible geography, and I started thinking, you know what? This is pretty good stuff. This is good. I really like this. And that was basically everybody in the class. Everybody's like, man, we thought we would hate this class. And we tell the teacher, we thought we were going to despise you in your class, but it was actually pretty good. So thanks, you know. And but you know, it was good. Good class, and we studied all these things. You know what? <clears throat> Dare I say, I think that you could probably spin a globe, and I could probably put my finger on the Middle East very easily. Stop it right there. Now, it's not because I am very awesome. That's not it. I'll tell you why. Because when you are looking at a map of uh, a satellite view of the land, you're going to see something very interesting. It's brown. Except for this one little line. There's this little line going down through Egypt, and it's green. Everything else is brown, but this one green line. You look at that green line, you know what that is. It's the Nile. Now, why is that the case? Well, because the Nile was giving life to everything around it. And it would water those trees. You have a tree next to the water? You know what? It, it's it's going to be nice and full and green. It's going to have all the things that it needs. And so when I think about the tree, I think I think about I think about that Nile that you know, those trees right next to it, they they are lush and they're pretty even though everything around it is dead, they are intact. And so it is planted by the streams of water, and it bringeth forth its fruit in its season. Its leaf doesn't wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Now, isn't that great? I'll just stand it right there, you know. Let's, let's not talk about anything negative, right? No, we need to talk about the rest of that. The first three verses here, that's very positive, right? You get this picture, this picture of this beautiful tree. 
And it's planted next to this gorgeous river. It's got everything that it needs. It brings forth its fruit and its season. Its leaf's not going to wither. And then that image is shattered for us right there. Look at verse 4. The wicked are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind driveth away. Now, you see that. The wicked are not so. The blessed man is described in this beautiful way, but the wicked are not like that. And it says that the wicked are like the chaff which the wind drives away. What is chaff? You know, what what is that? Well, just a, a simple explanation is back in those times, they still do it today, just not not anywhere around here. I don't know, maybe the Amish use it. I don't know. They might still use this method to some degree. But uh, what they do is they have a threshing floor. You take the wheat, you put it in the threshing floor, and then animals, a lot of times you have donkeys, oxen, uh, things like that, will walk over it and they'll stamp it out. And after they stamp it out, then you, you take a winnowing fan. And what you do is you take a fan, it's just a, just a, you know, just a fan just that folds out, and you take that, you bend down close to the ground, and you fan it. And when you fan it, you know what happens is all the chaff picks up out of, that, uh, out of the wheat and flies away. And it is never to be seen again. Do you know what chaff is good for? Chaff is good for a lot of... No, chaff is good for absolutely nothing. The wicked are not so. But they are like the chaff which the wind driveth away. Continue looking at verse 5. It says, therefore, the wicked shall not stand. Again, that word means abide. So they shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. So, obviously, in the end, wicked people are not going to survive. They're not going to be able to stand. They're not going to be able to live through the judgment, right? There is an eternal resting place for those who do what is good, and then there is eternal punishment for those who have done evil. You get to choose where you're going to go. You get to choose who you're going to be. The wicked man is not going to be able to stand, not going to be able to live through that judgment. And the wicked man... This is important. Is not able to abide in the congregation of the righteous. Now wait a second. What what is this? What, what, you think about First Corinthians chapter five? What's in First Corinthians chapter five? Talk about withdrawal of fellowship there, right? You know, if there's somebody in the congregation who is not doing right, what are you supposed to do? You're supposed to, as the word of God instructs, talk to them about their sin. If they are unwilling to repent, you go through several steps, and then the end result is what? You have to withdraw your fellowship. Now, does that mean that 
that you uh, don't have anything to do with them at all? Well, no, but anytime you do have something to do with them, what are you doing? You're not just sitting down eating a meal with them. You're not going fishing with them. You're not just hanging out. You are talking to them about repenting. You're talking to them about becoming a Christian, uh, coming back to Christ. You're talking about those things with them. We see a reference here in the Old Testament to something that we are even supposed to do in the New Testament. And that is to make sure that people follow the Word of God by showing a little bit of tough love. Brethren, sadly, that is one of the forgotten commandments. Those are things that we need to abide by today. Because, see, you know what happens. You know what happens in congregations when you don't follow this? Uh, I'll give you an example. I know of a congregation specifically, uh, firsthand, that they did not follow this. And they had somebody that was living with uh, a significant other. And they were just, they're just living together. Boyfriend and girlfriend living together. Uh, it, it came to the preacher's attention. And he said, well, you know, I, I, the language that they used told me that they're living together. So he went over and he talked to the elders and asked them, well, did you know this? And they said, well, we suspected it, but we didn't know. I think that's a problem just right there. They suspected it, but did not have enough gumption to go out and check on them themselves. Now, the next bad thing that they did, they told the preacher, you know what? They have come a long way. And if we say anything that might drive them away, you know, we have, we have done more harm than good. And this preacher pleaded with them, trying to get them to, to understand what was, what was right. They understood what was right, but they just thought that their wisdom would pay out in the end. And it did not. Matter of fact, you want to know what else happened? A few months later, guess what? One of the teenagers decided that they were going to leave home. And they left home at the age of 18, uh, had just graduated from high school and moved in with their boyfriend. Now, brethren, do you see how easy it was for them to do that after seeing it done and nobody saying anything to them? It's called a precedent. You know, I, I'm not a lawyer, but I understand that in law, there are precedents that take place. And when those precedents in, in legal uh, happenings, they, when they take place, lawyers then from then on will reference those cases where that legal precedent took place. When we do not follow suit, we allow unrighteousness in the congregation. Now, let me ask you a question. Is that just the old job? No, it's not. It is not just the elders' job. The elders are not going to always know everything. Sometimes you're going to hear things that the elders are not going to hear. And so what is then your duty? 
Your duty is to go and follow the scriptures from Matthew 18 and 1 Corinthians 5. That you go and you talk to them. If they don't repent, you take witnesses. They don't talk to you. You know, they don't repent. You bring them before the church. Got to make things right. Got to make sure people understand that sin is important to deal with. That we can't just let things be swept under the rug. But we have to deal with things as they come. Verse 6. For Jehovah knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked shall perish. Think about that last part. The way of the wicked shall perish. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, 9 through 11. Has all those different sins, and what does it say? It says in the end, and such were some of you. But at the very beginning, it says something interesting. It says that, you know, that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. If we are not righteous, then we are not going to be able to go to heaven. If we are not doing what God has commanded, then then we cannot expect an eternity in heaven. That's just the plain and simple fact of the matter. Now, what does it mean to be righteous? Well, we have to obey the gospel. Obeying the gospel necessitates that we go through and do certain things. Number one is this, that we hear the word of God. We're doing that this morning, Romans 10, 17. So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So we hear, and then we must believe, John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. So we hear, believe, and repent, Luke thirteen three. I tell you nay. But unless you repent, you shall all likewise perish. So hear, believe, repent, confess. Matthew 10, 32 and 33, this is something we do every day. Uh, we, we are to confess Christ before men. Uh, and he will confess us before the Father. But if we deny him before men, he will deny us before the Father. So hear, believe, repent, confess. And then we must be baptized into Christ. First Peter three twenty one. the like figure we're into, even baptism doth also now save us. It's not the removal of the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience toward God. And last, but certainly not least, is living faithfully. Revelation 2 and verse 10, Be thou faithful unto death, and thou shalt receive a crown of life. If there is anybody here this morning who needs to make this simple choice, the simple choice of doing what's right, or what's wrong? The simple choice of being righteous or being like the wicked. Are you going to be the blessed man or are you going to be a wicked person? That is the choice that is set before us today. So you get to choose today who you are going to be. Are you going to be blessed or are you going to be wicked? I hope you make the right choice. I hope you do. If there's anybody here that is in need to respond to invitation... Please come as we stand and as we sing.
for he is meek and lowly. Bear his burden to him turn. He who calleth his the master holy, he will teach if you will learn. Ye that labor and are heavy laden lean upon your dear Lord's breast, ye that 